1: Take my place. The yeah. yeah.
0: John 15. Uh, this is our third week in the Branch Life series, and remember, we talked about lifestyle brands in week one. These are these are things or brands that if you see somebody uh, donning these things, we can kind of know who you are. If you're uh, got the Harley Davidson jacket on, we kind of know. We get a sense of your identity. If you're a salt life person, we know that you're a beach person and you love the beach, right? Uh, as Christians, we're called to be branch life people. And it's based on this passage of scripture that we're, we're seeing. And while, while you're turning there and maybe you're already there, anybody wanna, uh, I challenged you to memorize John fifteen five. Anybody wanna say that? Did you do it? John 15:5. Anybody want to do it? Yeah. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches, me. Amen. Amen. That's it, man. You get that verse, you get what that's about. You get what the branch life is about. All right. Would you stand in honor of God's word? We're going to read this passage. We believe this is the word of God. We believe this is the most important part of the sermon, right? Hearing from God. We know that his word is able to cut through hearts of stone, right? And it is truth. Right? Do you believe this is the word of God? I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the correction for the rebukes that come from it. We thank you especially for the hope, though, and the life that comes from it. Father, help us to give your word the reverence it's due. Speak to us, Lord. I pray that you'd soften our hearts. I pray that you'd open our eyes and open our ears and that your spirit would have its way. Lord, we pray for every church in this community and beyond that's preaching the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We pray it will be blessed Blessed as in taken deeper and sent out, Lord. Lord, we love you and we give you all honor and praise. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Remember, for the Jewish person hearing this, this is loaded, loaded with meaning. Throughout the Old Testament, the vine was a symbol of god 's people. Uh, the only time the vo- that the vine was talked about though was not uh, it was done in a negative way. God was telling them, hey uh, you 're supposed to be the vine, but you 're not producing good fruit and so he rebuked them and called them on account on that, and He told them, "Hey, my judgment is, is coming." God was warning them because he called them to be different, and unfortunately. Uh, They weren't. He called them to be people that point to God. And unfortunately, they didn't do the best job of that. They were like everyone else around them far too often. Then here comes Jesus, though, and he turns everything upside down because he says, hey, I am the vine. I am the true vine. I'm what you couldn't be, right? I'm what you failed to represent. Now, if you don't know this, this is a gospel gospel. Declaration from Jesus, right? A gospel declaration. What, what do I mean? He's meeting them in their failure. They were failing to be the vine, and he said, hey, I got this. I will be the true vine, right? That's the gospel. No, no matter how hard they tried, no matter how hard they worked at these things, they were always failing, and he came to rescue them from that. You're not the true vine. I am. The type of fruit that God wants, you can't produce, but I can supply that, right? Some people see Christianity as being very restrictive, but the gospel is freeing. I don't think some people really understand this and get this, but I hope you do. I spent a lot of time trying to be good enough, trying to get it all right, to earn to produce, to to make my own way, to break my my addictions that I was struggling with, trying to do stuff that, that pleased God. And I always felt like I was coming up short. I always failed in those endeavors. I always felt like I was letting God down. I, I don't know if you've been there, but then it was like one day I just got it. I, 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 I understood it. I, I finally heard Jesus say, basically, I got this. Put your faith and trust in me, right? Let me produce the change that you want. Let me produce the fruit, right, through your life. It changed everything for me. I I said, I'm going to do it for you. You can't. You aren't the vine, I am. Right? So I'm the vine. You're the branch. Right? And oh yeah, expect some pruning. That's what we talked about last week. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, yay, he prunes so that I would even be more fruitful. Yes, expect to be pruning. Pruning is painful. It doesn't feel the best, but it's a good thing. Some of you are being pruned right now is talking to somebody in this church in the season that she's going through. And it's a pruning season, right? Give it time. Trust God with the process. Focus in on remaining or abiding in Him. And if you do that during this time, you are going to see some fruit from it in your life and through your life. You're going to look back on it after this season and Yes, it will be a difficult season, but it'll be a season that you can thank God for because of what he did during it, right? To be a a Christian is to bear fruit. What does it mean to be fruitful? Some false Christianity, some American Christianity that I think would tell you that it means that you're going to have an awesome career, means that you're going to have a great marriage, you're going to be blessed financially, and you're never going to get sick. That's Maybe what some American Christianity would say. You will have a blessed life. You can have a great marriage, right? He will take care of you financially. But it doesn't mean quite what a lot of times people says it means. That's not what the fruit is. We know what the fruit is. Galatians 5.22, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. N- Notice that it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit, right? It says the fruit because the fruit is, uh, of the Spirit um, is all tied together. It's all tied together. If, if you lack patience, you're probably going to lack self-control, right? If you're not gentle, you're probably not kind. This fruit grows symmetrically over time. If you think of a, a, a bunch of grapes, right, they're all similar size. They're all growing together. That's why it's the fruit, singular, growing all together in these things because it's connected to the vine. Listen, there's nobody in here nailing all of this. Right? If they're saying they are, they're a liar. Nobody can say, hey, I'm just, I've got all the fruits of the Spirit, level 10 out of 10, right? And there's no more work to be done. Because of that, the Lord in His goodness and His kindness prunes us, right? So that we can grow in those areas, right? Allow yourself to be pruned. Uh, Ask to be pruned, right? Well, you just remember this is a life of journey. It, it's a journey, right? It's a path following Him, going deeper and deeper and deeper, and, and being more connected to Him, and, and seeing that fruit come and, and grow, right? We're, we're not perfect. We'll never be in this life, in this lifetime, in this lifetime, right? That's why Jesus, though, can only be the true vine. He's perfect in all these areas. And if we're connected to him, right, we're going to be growing in these areas. When he's flowing into us, we're going to take on his characteristics. Then when we get pruned, right, there's going to be more room, more growth opportunities, and more opportunities for him to pour into us and produce that fruit. Whenever a vine gets pruned, what's it rely on? And whenever a branch gets pruned, it relies on the vine to supply the nutrients to rebuild. And the more that we have supplying, that is supplied from Jesus Christ, the the more we will resemble him. How's the fruit production in your life? I hope you take that question seriously, right? How's the fruit production in your life? If there is no fruit, are you connected? And if the fruit's not quite there, you're not seeing the growth in that fruit, then are you remaining in him? Are you abiding in him? I I, I spent a long time trying to produce growth. Focusing in on production, that's what Americans do. I do this, I'm gonna try harder, right? If I do that, I'll get this growth. The amount of growth that came in those times doesn't even come close to that time where he pruned me for two years and I lost everything. I grew so much from that time. It, it's unbelievable what the Lord did. Without that two-year period where, where God cut everything, literally almost everything away, man, the only thing that was left was my connection with, to God. And that was a great time, right? There's no way I'm as close to God today if I didn't go through that pruning period. Um... The person before that pruning period was pretty selfish, was pretty ugly. But God humbled me through that. People argue over the existence of God, and I can give you great theological arguments, scientific arguments to to combat that so that you know you can share with people so that they will believe in God. But the best argument I have is that He changed my life. This is the best argument. For the existence of God. He took an ugly person and made him less ugly. A selfish person and made him less selfish. There's still still some ugly in there. But he got a lot out. And he continues to get more and more of that out. Right? Verse 3 You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. This has to be taken into the context of the vine and branches. You are already clean, meaning you are in a position to bear fruit, right? This speaks to the law in Leviticus 19.23 that said, When you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years you are to consider it forbidden. It must not be eaten. After three years, that fruit was clean. It was fit for use. How long have the disciples been with Jesus Christ at this point? A little over three years, right? They were fit at this time to bear fruit. Why? Why? Because the word which I have spoken to you, the word, Jesus is referring to the entire teachings of him, the message of Christ, right? The gospel, Jesus had spoken that to them. The whole revelation he made, he he had brought spiritual life to them. And they were ready now. They were cleansed. They were ready now to be in a position to bear fruit. Position, as in connected to the vine now. What what you must understand is that position is everything, right? Your your position is relational. That's where it starts out. That's what we talked about in Sunday school class. Can I I read 4 through 8 in the ESV? A little bit different translation. And I want you to to listen for the word abide. And I want you to think about this this word and, and what it means in the position here. It says this, abide in me, this is one of the huge things that we have to get in Christianity, and that's why we spend four weeks talking about this passage of Scripture, right? This is what it means to be a a Christian. You have to understand the union that I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, right? Why is this so important? Because this is what the Father sees. This is what God sees, right? If you're in Christ, then when the Father sees you, he sees his Son. He sees his perfect Son, Jesus Christ, right? The perfect Lamb who died for our sins. Since you are in Christ, he doesn't see your failures, your sin, but only Christ. In Christ, we are welcomed into the family of God, right? And can I... Tell somebody in here today, right, when you're welcome into God's family, when you abide in him, when you're in that place that that fruit is being produced through your life, right, no matter what you're done, you're, you're delighted in. Somebody needs to hear that. The God of the universe doesn't see your failings, doesn't see the past, right? He sees Christ in you, and he takes delight in that. This is hard for us to believe and accept, right? Because we're Americans, we want to earn. But there is no earning grace. It's a gift that's accepted. It's a gift that we live in response to. Yes, we want to follow his teachings. Yes, we're commanded to do that, right? But the way that that really happens is if we are abiding in him and his fruit is coming through us. If we try to follow his commands on our own power, that's religion, that's where it fails. That's where it gets very weighty, very heavy. But if he's changing our hearts and we're in relationship and we truly love him, that's when we'll really start following his commands. Wholeheartedly with all of our heart and soul, right? We can, we can follow his commands with all of our heart and soul, but that's not what he wants. He wants something deeper, something real. Real. He doesn't want the ritual. He wants the relationship because everything flows out of that, right? It's hard to accept because when we offend somebody, when we wrong somebody, all we want to do is to avoid them. Have you ever noticed that? Right? Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? They disobeyed God. They enjoyed a face-to-face relationship with God. They walked with him. Right? And as soon as sin enters, as soon as they reject God, as soon as they do that, what do they want to do? Hide. And that's what we want to do too. That's what we're tempted to do too. But what does God want? He wants us to repent, He wants to, us to come back into relationship with Him. You, you remember your, when you were a kid, right? And maybe you got into it with your mom, and maybe you did something, and remember her saying, just wait till your father gets home, right? What did you do when Dad came home? You hid. You prayed. You stuffed your pants with something so that you wouldn't get the full effect, right? That's what we do with God, though. When we sin, when we don't follow His commands, right? Uh, We check out on church. We want to run from that. And we go through a divorce, when we have a one-night stand, when we pick up the cigarettes again, Right? the last thing sometimes we want want to do is come to church or spend time in quiet time, right? Because we're just feeling like we want to run from him. It's human nature. When we offend, we hide, we avoid. That's why this principle is so important. That's why this union is so radical, right? Because if we abide in him, and he and you somehow he delights in us, this is where we have to live. This is, this, there's no reason to avoid him. And I know it's hard to accept that at sometimes. But what does it look like, right? Think about Peter. Peter, rough and tough guy, uh, about the same time that Jesus speaks this to them about the vine and the branches, he, he tells them, hey, you're all going to fall away. Right? They're all going to leave him and betray him. And Peter's like, no, no, not me. You know, even if all these other people do, I won't. That's what he tells him. And and Jesus tells him, hey, before the alarm clock goes off, you're going to disown me three times. And that's exactly what happens. He says, no, I'll never betray you, right? But he does. We see Judas and the mob come to arrest Jesus, and to his credit, he pulls out a sword and tries to do something, but we know what happens with that, and then they just all bail. They all scatter. They, they traveled together for three years, right? For three years, they lived together, and they all just bail on him. The Bible takes us to this inner court uh, when, when Jesus is being tried in Mark 14, And wept. Peter cursed. He swore, right? I don't even know this guy. It doesn't get much worse than that, right? In Jesus' darkest hour, He bailed. He denied him. Fast forward though. Jesus is raised from the dead, right? Disciples go back to their, their old lives. Peter and James and John and Andrew are all out fishing, and they see jesus walking on the shore they had heard the story that he was raised from the dead right they heard this account but all of a sudden they see him do you remember what peter did right he he hikes up he tucks in his man dress jumps in the water and swims right to him he didn't say man i just i'm embarrassed about what i did I need to just avoid him. You know, he wasn't thinking any of that. He just thought, man, i got to get to him, right? And how does Jesus respond? Does he yell at him? Does he ask him, how could you betray me? Does he make him feel horrible, right, about what he had done? Does he make him feel guilty about that? No, he restores him without doing any of that. Can we all be reminded that God is not someone to be avoided, but someone to run to and be restored? We've got to repent. We've got to ask for forgiveness. But we run to him. We abide in him and him in us. That has to be who we are as followers of Christ. And yeah, you might have done something. You might have picked something up that you shouldn't have, right? But your response has to be to run, to get back into that position, because that's where the things start flowing. That's where the things start changing. The the, the thought process is when I screw up, I gotta make up for that. I gotta fix myself before I can get back to Jesus. And that's wrong, right? No, you gotta get back to Jesus, you gotta get back in that position of abiding in Him connected to him, right? So he can change you, so that he can change your heart, right? I didn't want to give up certain things on my own. It wasn't until he changed my heart that that even became possible. Some of you are trying to fix yourself. Some of you are trying to work hard enough, and it's not happening, and you keep going back to that thing. You keep picking that thing back up. you got to focus in on... Being connected to him. That's where the change really happens. When Jesus says, I'm the true vine, right? You got to accept that. You got to accept, I'm not able to do it because I'm not the true vine. He is. Right? And I'm going to have a relationship with him and I'm going to let him pour into me and change my life because I can't change my life. I've tried. Man, you know how long it took for me to quit smoking? Phew. I quit like 20 times and picked that back up. But in the process of staying connected to him, that changed. Fruit was produced, right? Whenever I see somebody struggling in church, man, I worry. I worry that they're going to bail. I worry about that. When I see them fall, I get so worried that they're just going to avoid this church and avoid the people in here out of embarrassment, especially if it's something that comes out, you know. That's why I'm kind of glad I've got my scarlet letter because I hope it feels other people feel more comfortable in this place and understand that if God can use me, right, if God can love me, he can love you as well he does gotta abide in him gotta get to him right I want us to be the type of church that like we talked about last week intertwines our lives with people the people that are in the mud that need to be cleaned off right because we were once there and God picked us up and he gave us a church family And now we get to do that with other people. We get to have that privilege, right? I want to be the the type of people that loves on people. I I don't want to speak lies to them and tell them, hey, that's okay that you're doing that. No, because that's going to lead them to hell. We want to speak truth, but we want to do it with grace. And we want to do it with our arms wrapped around people. What does it mean to abide, to remain? This one I want to kind of finish up on just talking about this. What does it mean to focus in on connection? Um, How do you do that? Can can we just get practical here? I I always want to get practical in sermons, right? Because this is what we're called to do as as followers of Christ. This is the branch life. Um, Practically speaking, it's simple. You want to fill your life with things that stir your heart for God. Practically speaking, that's what it means. Fill your life with things that stir your affections for Jesus Christ. And at the same time, you want to cut off anything in your life that gets in the way of that or robs your affections for him. If you're involved in sin, right, picking that thing up, it's going to rob your affections for him. So we try to do whatever we can. We cut off our arm, right? We gouge out our eye if we have to to get away from that. And we try to focus in on the relationships. What, what benefits any relationship that you're in? Time that you spend together, right? For every believer, there's two things that will always stir your heart for God, and that's time in His Word and time in prayer. Prayer and the Word of God. Outside of that, it could be a bunch of things. It could be Caleb. It could be listening to worship music, right? The song Reckless Love stirs my heart for the Father every time that I hear it. I even use it during my workout. Like sometimes I play praise and worship music during my workout because it's going to stir my affections for Jesus Christ. A good Christian book can do that as well. Good fellowship, right? I have people in here that I know will hold me accountable. I have people in here that will encourage me when I'm down. I have people in here that will wrap their lives around mine. I have people outside too, online, that I have great relationships with. That fellowship stirs my heart towards Jesus Christ. Serving people, doing ministry, stir your heart right being the church time alone with him though that's where it's at what's getting in the way of that if you don't have that you won't see that fruit you won't what gets in your way of your relationship with your spouse with your kids right or parents It could be something like TV. It could be something like sports. It could be something that you're just spending way too much time on. Let God, allow God to prune that. Ask God to prune those things, right? During those two dark years that I had, uh, I promised a pledge. We were building this church. I promised a pledge, and three months into that two-year commitment, my income was cut in half. Lost a lot of friends. Lost a lot of income. Right, And because of that pledge, I had to get another job as a janitor just to pay for it. And then I had to cut my cell phone bill, cut my cell phone, get rid of that, and I had to get rid of cable TV. <laughs> Guess what, man? I didn't have a lot of stuff going on. I didn't have money to go out and do anything, right? What did I have though left? Time with him. Would you, would you do that? If your cell phone is getting in the way, I wouldn't have done that. Like, if you asked me to give up my cell phone right now, that's a very difficult conversation. He had to do that. He had to take that away during that time period. Will you let him prune your life? Whatever that may be, you may think while you're going through it, man, this stinks. But what could God do with that time if he takes those things away that are a distraction? Right? What can God do? I look back at that time. Like I said, very dark during it. I look back at it and know my life isn't where it is unless that happened. It's not. Will you allow yourself to be pruned? Will you focus in on connection? Will you, if you mess up, run to him, right, and get back into that position that you should be there? Let me ask you something. Is there any better gift that you could give your wife your husband, your kids, the people around you than having more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Having more peace and patience and kindness and gentleness? Is there anything better? Then will you fight for that? Will you fight for that time to abide and remain in Him? Right? And Him and us, how does Him and us happen? It happens, we're told, through the Word of God. Are you reading it? Are you in it? Are you being challenged by it? Right? Sunday school class today, first passage, that's read. and I'm like, oh, man, I'm not quite there with what was read. And that was a conviction and a reminder that I'm a little bit out of position. Right? That's what the Word of God does. It brings us back in there if we allow it. Let me end with this. Abiding, remaining in Christ. It's the key to producing the fruit of the Spirit, right? Like most plants, like most trees, uh, like tomato plants, these plants build good root systems. And they, they have the ability to suck the nutrients through the soil, through its trunks, and, and then um, it goes out into the branches. With a vine, though, it's a, a very insubstantial root system it's uh, a very short right and, and the vine has something different that it does than with normal root systems and structures right branches suck through the roots through the, through the, through the trunk and, and, and into the things with vines though the, the vine presses the nutrients into the branches it's a little bit different you see it it's not about what we can do it's about what the vine presses into us we just got to stay connected right we got to make that the priority in our lives are you connected are you allowing him to press into you do you have opportunities for that If we remain in him, if we abide in him, if we focus in on that position and don't let anything get in the way with it, that's just what's going to happen. It's what God's going to do. And it's not dependent on your strength. It's just dependent on your position. Where are you at with that? Do you see the fruit in your life? Are you growing in patience and kindness and goodness? If you aren't, are you connected? If you are connected, right? Is there anything getting in the way? Is there anything robbing you? Those sucker branches that we talked about last week. Be careful with that. Uh, Would you bow your heads with me? I I just want to take a moment and realize there might be somebody in here that doesn't know Christ. And if you are at a point in your life where you realize... I can't do it on my own, and the only hope I have is if Jesus Christ saves me, right? And if you want to, if you hear God saying, follow me, get connected to me, would you just raise your hand and and let me know about that so that I can come talk to you and pray with you during that time? Anybody in here? You just feel God is leaning on your hearts to do that? All right. You can open your eyes. If you're connected, what, what robs? What stirs your attention for God? We should, we should fight against anything that robs us, And we should fight for what stirs our heart. Will you do that? Will you make that commitment? That's what you need to go out of here and ask yourself. Am I going to abide? You you messing around with some stuff right now? That's taking you out of position? You got to repent of that. All right? You got to ask forgiveness for that. And you got to get into his presence through the Word of God, through prayer. There's Bibles in the back. You can take those. We give those away for free. There's sheets that'll tell you how to read through the Bible. We encourage you to do that, right? Back there, there's a chrono- chronological list, and there's just a list that you read through by books of the Bible. Do one of those. That's what I'm doing right now. So my mom started when I was a teenager doing that. She used to read the Bible to me every day, morning and at dinner. Abide in Him remain in him. Amen. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, would you just remind us all that it's not about production. Production doesn't come without connection. Connection doesn't come without position. And Father, would you just be very real with us today? And show us what's robbing us of that. And Lord, would you either help us to lay that down or would you do whatever it takes to take that away? Lord, I pray if there's somebody involved in something and they're feeling like garbage, would you reach out your hands to them and welcome them back? Would you help them to repent of those things and lay those things down and just fall at your feet and be restored? Would you just speak those words to them that they need to hear? Father, if we know of somebody, Lord, that's kind of gotten away, Lord, would you help us to reach out to those people and encourage them back, not necessarily to this church, but back in relationship with you? Father, help us to be people, a people that lift other people up. Help us to be people that are willing to be inconvenienced. Help us to be people that are willing to visit. Help us to be people that are willing to spend time with. Lord, give us opportunities to be agents of your grace. Father, we just love you, and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.